I'm an alien and I landed, and it's me, Chris Farron, and it's Astro Blast. Jess, what do you think? I'm uh from Earth or an alien? I'm from Earth. Okay, I'm an alien. I'm Drew Barrymore in E. T. Okay, I'm an alien, not from E. T. Mars attacks. Not even Mars attacks. Oh, so this is a uh, two worlds colliding. Yeah. Um, now what? I'm gonna now what do we do? Kill you. Should we? Oh. I'm gonna kill you. I was gonna ask if we should do a podcast. Well, episode. okay. I'll, okay, we can do the podcast, but as soon as we're done, I'm going to kill you. Okay. I can make that deal. All right. Welcome to Astro Blast. What up? We're gonna talk about the houses today. Oh my gosh, there's big ones, small ones, red ones, blue ones, mansions, of course, is something I'm comfortable with, um, condo. You know, none of one. this is untrue in a certain way. Thank you. And it's so exciting we're going to be doing the houses because this is like a really important part of charts. And uh, once we get this out of the way, we're like really close to being able to just like understand the natal chart and talk about all the fun shit that people email us about a lot. <laughs> For every house Jess describes, I will also describe a house of my own. There's 12. Uh-huh, I got it. You got 12 houses? Well, I know about 12 houses. Uh, we're also going to do a probe with a friend of Chris's. Frankie from Max Seal. And Hell of yeah. course she has a last name, and I know it, but there's just no time to get into it. I think it's Max Seal. Yeah. Also, the holidays are coming up. We have all our new merch that we unrolled. We've got a Patreon where you can get a discount on that merch. And uh, we've got cool t-shirts and enamel pins and stuff. And we've got really affordable tiers on Patreon, like $2 tiers and so on. You get all kinds of cool stuff. You get extended astro probes. You get... Extended astro probes. Mm-hmm. I won't even like tell you what that means. I'm visit to my doctor. <laughs> Jenny, hear what I said? One of the tiers, you get a visit to Chris's doctor. You get to ask me a question about your natal chart or anything astrology-related once a month. And uh, the final tier for $10 a month, you get 20% uh, off on all the merch. So, yeah, all that stuff's going on at astroblasting.com. Yeah, let's get into the houses. Yep. Actually, I feel like we did this too fast. What's up with you, Chris? What's up with me? What's been happening? Of course, in the past few weeks, I've mentioned I got a new TV, and I've been watching it. Anything good? No. Um, All terrible. No, actually, uh, I watched some good stuff, but ugh, who gives a fucking shit? Anytime I've ever seen a tweet about a TV show, I just think, who cares? It's, <laughs> it's really true. There's too many TV shows. Um, or like anytime I'm compelled to tweet about a movie I saw, I stop myself. I'm a real... Uh, the opposite of a patron of the arts. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fuck the arts. Uh, I did have a nice week. Okay, I took too many. I got my prescription to Lexapro. I made it more. I made it more so. I got it upped. And then I spent a week and a half kind of like feeling like in a daze. And then I stopped taking as much. And now I'm just taking this amount I had was taking before and I feel great. So now you're a Lexapro. I know, I'm a professional Lexapro. I'm Lexapro certified. Jenny, you already said? You're Lexapro certified. Uh-huh. Okay. Are you testing her because she's on her phone? Yeah. And I have been drawing and painting a lot. I'm a bit of an artist now. You're an artist who hates art. That's you're right. You're a, um, you have internalized... Internalized artif artophobia. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've been up to. How about you? Well, the, to go back to what you're saying, the way that I've been feeling since I got to Los Angeles is LA. the city feels like everywhere you look, everyone's trying 
and I hate that about really? LA. I hate, I feel like there's nothing more embarrassing than watching someone try. Right. And art these days, it's just like all been done and people trying to do things that haven't been done, you gotta try really hard and it right. shows. Yeah. So I don't know, I think I'm with the, you. The great, the great skill of art is to make it seem like you're not trying as hard as you actually are. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's get into the astronomy of the houses. Um, astronomy? And- I thought this was an astrology podcast. What, you got a picture of boobs? <laughs> I've busted out the printoff I made of our chart side by side that we used in the first or second episode. Yeah. This one. And she's holding it against her chest and it looks like boobs. Two birth charts looking like two mammary glands. That's right. Huge nipples. <laughs> Yes, the center of the chart is quite a large areola, if I'm being honest. So I brought this out because we're going to use it to refer to the houses in the chart. Right here, I'm pointing to the charts. This is mine, and this is yours, Chris. Okay. And these little subsections are the houses. Okay. And they're numbered 1 through 12. Good. I believe you. There are three main components to any chart. The planets, mm-hmm. the signs. Uh-huh. In the houses. Okay. We've done the planets. We've done the signs. Uh-huh. Now we're going to look at the houses. Hang on to your paper. How many times <laughs> are you going to drop that thing? As many times as it takes. <laughs> the ultimate book on the house is called The Twelve Houses. It's by Howard Sisportis. Great. Rest in peace. He, was a really, he died? He was a really great psychological astrologer. He started a school with Liz Green, who I've talked about. Uh-huh. He passed away peacefully in his sleep? Uh, I don't know if it was peaceful oh, or in his sleep, um, but they they founded a school together in England called the Center for Psychological Astrology, which is where I'm taking my class. So uh, I have a lot of respect for this man. Okay, he, rest in peace. He passed, I think he was like 40. He passed away in the early 90s of oh. AIDS. All right. Sorry. Very sad. All right. Everybody <laughs> settled down. I didn't know that. Okay. Um, and in his book on the 12 houses, it's truly, it's like seminal in the astrology world. And in it, he says that the planets represent an action. Or a verb. For example, Mars asserts, Venus harmonizes, Jupiter expands. The 12 signs are ways that things happen. For example, Mars asserts in a Sagittarian way, or Mer- uh-huh. Mercury communicates in a Libran way. Uh-huh. And then the houses are the arena of life that all of this specific action takes place, the stage, such as career, the home, the childhood, the body, sexuality, death, the things outside ourselves that we experience or enter. Mm-hmm. It's where our planets express themselves, the houses. Beautiful. The houses are the 12 slices of pizza we've mentioned before that I just pointed out to you in the circular chart. Mm-hmm. Imagine that you get a fresh-ass pizza, and you open up the box, Mm -hmm. and you look down at it, and what you see actually looks not unlike a hot little natal chart if it's cut into 12 slices. Okay. The toppings can be the planetary bodies, and the slices themselves are the houses. In astrology, we number each of those 1 through 12, and they're always the same in every chart you will ever look at, the order of the houses. The Uh first house is always in the 9 o'clock position, and from there we go counterclockwise, so we've gotten back around to the Uh 12th house, which the back half of the 12th house touches the first part of the first house. Like a duplex. Exactly. Yeah, they're neighbors. Um, We're doing all 12 today? It'll go quick. It'll go quick? Mm Mm-hmm. Even with me interrupting? All the time? And well, adding... that's where the magic of editing comes in. Okay, you edit me out <laughs> of everything? Or me out. All right. Each house is roughly 30 degrees in a chart. We... Burr. <laughs> that's a cold house. Time to get a heater. Because a circle is 360 degrees, and if you divide 360 by 12, you're going to get 30. Um, and 
Four of the houses are particularly important. Okay. They're called the angles, and they're the ones touching the cross in the chart. So if you look at your chart, there's a cross here and here, and those are the angles. So the house that touches each of the parts of the cross going counterclockwise from the line uh, is one of the angular houses. So it's the first house at the nine o'clock position, the seventh house at the three o'clock position, the 10th house at the 12 o'clock position, and the fourth house at the six o'clock position. Uh, we learned that the rising sign is whatever sign that nine o'clock line touches at the first house. The rising sign is always whatever sign's touching this line here at yeah. the nine o'clock. And opposite that, at the three o'clock position, opposite side of the ascendant, we have the descendant. So ascendant and descendant. And above that, at the 12 o'clock position, we have the MC, short for midheaven. And below that, the IC, the imam kole. Master always... of ceremonies. I idiot of ceremonies. Actually, that's really not far off from the actual interpretation. Hell yeah. Uh, we call the ascendant the rising sign because at any point of any given day, if you go outside and you look to the east where the sun rises or where any planet rises from, there will be a constellation, right? That'll be a, a part of the sky where a specific constellation lives rising in the east. So if you went outside at the moment of your birth and you look to the east, that constellation right there rising on the east would be your rising sign. How could you even do that if you went outside at the moment of your birth? A very adept baby. Just run outside real quick. <laughs> uh, hold that thought. You snip your own cord. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, so we are surrounded by a belt in the sky called the ecliptic. I knew it. And that belt is made up of the 12 constellations we know as the zodiac. Uh -huh. The ecliptic is the belt that the sun appears to be traveling in around Earth. We know, of course, Earth travels around the sun, but from Earth, which is how we use astrology, it's just always from Earth, it appears to us as though the sun is moving in the sky. And that path it goes around, where it touches all 12 of the constellations in its orbit, is called the ecliptic. Yes. And that's not just an astrology thing, that's an astronomy thing, it's a physics thing. Uh -huh. So there are, And there are many more constellations around us, by the way, more than the 12 we use in the zodiac, but thousands of years ago, astrologers chose these 12 signs to use. Okay. And this is why there's no such thing as the 13th sign that people try to get everybody worked up over. <gasps> There was like a discovery of a new constellation and people who like don't know anything about astrology, which is like a lot of people assume that it Ugh, proved something, but it really doesn't. There have like always been more constellations. They're just not important to astrology. Like back when thousands of years ago when astrology was like being created, they like knew there were more than 12 constellations, but right. they like handpicked these 12. So a new constellation showing up never means anything. 13th sign is fake. Anytime that ever gets brought up, it's fake. There's never going to be more than 12. That's fake. Fake news. The failing NASA <laughs> times. <laughs> so when you open up your natal chart, you'll see that all 12 signs encompass your chart. So this is basically kind of like the ecliptical. It's like wh where all the 12 constellations are around you at the time of your birth and okay. your little baby in the middle of the chart. Yeah. So the signs go around the perimeter of your chart. So whichever house each sign is placed over... That sign rules that house in your chart. For example, Chris, the constellation of Capricorn was rising in the east when you were born, so that's why it's your rising sign. Mm -hmm. And your first house is therefore ruled by Capricorn. Mm -hmm. Then we go in order counterclockwise. So the next house, the second house in your chart is ruled by Aquarius because that's the sign that comes after Capricorn in order of the zodiac. And uh, it goes all the way around like that until your 12th house, which is in Sagittarius, and that's the last sign in the zodiac before Capricorn. It's right before Capricorn. So they all go in order there counterclockwise. 
But in my chart, Sagittarius was rising in the east, so I have Sagittarius rising. It rules my first house. Um, so everyone's houses will be ruled by different signs, basically, except in the event where you share a, a rising sign with someone, then your houses may have like pretty similar, if not exact, overlay. And then one quick side note before we get into the astrology of what all the houses mean. There are many different chart calculations, um, like different calculations that are being used to cast a chart different formulas and stuff mm -hmm. depending on which kind of astrology you use and what astronomical formulas are being used to cast your chart there are so many calculations that it's not even worth getting into all the types quite yet except to say that i always use the tropical placidus calculation so like most apps or websites that you do that do charts for you will give you the option to pick which house calculation you use and that's the one that i always pick Tropical Placidus. It's the most common in Western astrology. Okay. But there's like all different, there's like Vedic astrology, which is what they use in India. It's kind of like a whole other brand of astrology. They have different calculations. There's like, there's something called like equilateral houses, which is when every house is exactly 30 degrees in every chart, which is not what I do. What I do, it's based more on like more kind of like literal formulas about what's happening in the sky. So all of the houses aren't exactly 30 degrees. So you'll see that some of your houses are, if you do tropical placidus, some of the houses are a lot wider than others. Mm -hmm. um, and we can get into why later. That's not the point of this episode. And let's take a little break to do the probe with Frankie from Max Seal. Hey, welcome to, er, and we hinted, and we have an astro probe now <laughs> with my friend Frankie from the great band Max Seal, who just put out the Second best record of 2019. Super Hi. enthusiast. Hi, Frankie. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. This cool. is Jess. Hi, Hi Jess. Frankie. We're FaceTime videoing, which is the it's the first time that we've done like a group FaceTime video while we've done a probe. This is fun. I'm honored. And Frankie and I, yes, we're meeting via FaceTime right now during this taping. Chris knows Frankie. I do. They yep. just did some touring together. We did, and we will again. Hell yeah. Oh, that's right! On your headlining dates, yep. they got a, they're they're on a big tour right now, and they're going on an even bigger tour with me. <laughs> Chris was just so obsessed with us, and he was like, "Hey, do you mind uh, doing this again?" That and, is, you know, literally... I'll come in the van with you guys, and uh, you can do merch for me, maybe. Yeah, that is literally exactly the truth, without yep. any hyperbole. I wouldn't do it for anyone else. What really? Yep, maybe Harry Styles, but that's about it. Harry Styles. Yes. You have a thing for Harry Styles. Oh yeah, lesbian icon, Aquarius King. Jess is a lesbian as well, famously. <laughs> <laughs> well, glad to meet a fellow. <laughs> <laughs> we All love right. it. So are you are you gonna probe me? Yeah, we're gonna probe you. I, I should real quick say when okay. we were in when I was in uh, Houston, Texas with Max Seal, they revealed to me. This is, I think, the second or third day of our tour together. They revealed to me they are listeners of the podcast. It's oh, y'all are astro blasters. We're astro blasters. Yeah, that's right. And Frankie's uh, nurse uh, also is a listener. Her My nurse. Girlfriend. My girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, girlfriend. I just She's got a nurse. Off, I just got off the phone with her actually, and she was like, "Well, are you going to talk about me?" And I was like, "I bet Chris will bring you up first. And I was right. <laughs> Hell yeah. Why am I not surprised to hear about Chris being into nurses? What do you mean? I'm not into nurses. Now I'm looking at any nurse websites like that. <laughs> nurses saying Chris.com, as Jenny said. 
<laughs> um, fr- Frankie, what's your history with astrology? Do you have one? Um, I like knew about signs and stuff when I was little and growing up and stuff because my parents have the same birthday and they're both Gemini's. So, oh my god, both my parents have the same birthday too. So because of that, it like it was discussed a lot growing up because my parents are so different. And were my, they born the same year? They were born my mom is two years younger than my dad. So they mm-hmm. weren't born the same year. But my oldest sister is also a Gemini. So I grew up Whoa. in a house with three Geminis. And she's actually a triple Gemini. So a lot of Gemini energy. Holy shit. In that house. And then my other sister is a triple Leo. Oh my god. I'm a very patient person. (laughs) Naturally, after growing up in that environment. So what are your big three? I am a Sagittarius sun, Gemini rising, and Aquarius moon. Okay, wow. So you have that, a strong dose of that Gemini too. And then your son is Sagittarius, which is the opposite of Gemini on the wheel. So it still is kind of like really related energy. Yeah, it's pretty, I mean, so apart from my rising and moon, everything else in my chart is Sagittarius. Whoa. Yeah. Sagittarius is all about long journeys and traveling and And you're FaceTiming us from your tour van. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I grew up, with talking about astrology, but I only, I got into it in college because someone that I was interested in was hella into it. So oh, yeah. nice. that's probably how most lesbians get into astrology. Someone's crush yeah. likes it. Um, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Okay, it. Frankie, let's get into these questions. Okay, let's do it. Sun question. What do you think your purpose is? Oh, I okay. So I'm going to say that my my purpose in life is I really love learning things Mm -hmm. and then taking that to other people and teaching them like I I used to give drum lessons to like little kids a lot and I haven't so much recently because I've been touring so much it's hard to keep students um but when I was it was one of the most rewarding things to like take something that I learned when I was in like high school or something or even something that I learned like a week ago and then like teaching it to this little kid that thinks it's like the coolest thing in the whole world and that like sometimes I would have a lesson and then the next week they would be like yeah like I went to school like all like all my friends thought it was so cool they were like so jealous that I could play this Paramore song and I would just be (laughs) like yeah I think it's cool, and I'm not showing anyone. I'm just, like, playing it. <laughs> um, but I've always been, like, really into school and learning, and I feel like my life wouldn't be anything if I didn't learn the things that I learned or, like, had some of the teachers that I had growing up. Is that... That that can be a purpose, right? Oh, totally. It's, great. it's very Sagittarian, too, which is about, like, higher education and, and sharing knowledge. So. Hell yeah. Okay, moon question. What makes you feel safe? Um, I think my family makes me feel safe. Also, being in control. I feel safest when I am in control of a situation or whatever's going on. I want to say maybe like 80% of the time I am on tour, I am the person driving because I'm so freaked out whenever anyone else is driving. Um, yeah. And it's also like when something's in your own control, obviously it's 
it's easier to take hold of like whatever has to be done. Yeah. Cole so, from Max Cole from Max Seal just started texting me. I can tell he's jealous. Uh oh. He's probably like <laughs> Lock the doors. Lock the doors in oh, the van. Oh, he's coming. I see him. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm locking the doors. <laughs> All right. right. Okay, one question left, the rising question. What fictional character or just like um, archetypal character, so it can be from a book or a movie or an actual figure, like a political figure, an athlete, just any person that you really identify with and um, aspire to be more like? Immediately, any character from Buffy popped into my head. However, I don't think that I'm cool enough to be any of them. The next thing that popped into my head was Elliot from E.T., Oh, yeah. Love the kid. Oh, hell yeah. Love how compassionate he is. He's always ready to go. Wait, is Elliot not Drew Barrymore? No, no. Elliot's the boy. Yeah, recent Elliot's... recipient of a DUI. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, didn't, I haven't seen it in so long. I forgot there was a boy. I just think of Drew Barrymore what you and mean? the alien. <laughs> this is Boy Erasure. <laughs> <laughs> He's the freaking star of the movie. Wait, Drew Barrymore's not the star of E.T.? No. Drew Barrymore is Elliot's little sister. <laughs> who is like... Also a main role. She's, like, a way better actress than the kid in that movie. But, he's, you know, girls are just better. But but the but boy... But you want to be the boy. <laughs> the, but the boy is somebody you've well, always, like... Yeah. Because, like, fr- like, I don't know. He was definitely a little timid at the beginning and, like, who is this alien in my house? But then was like, we got to help him, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, I would like to be like that if an alien ever showed up at my house. I feel like a a Gemini rising would be down to hang with an alien. Yeah. I also want to comment that at one point, Mia told me that if I was a character, I would be Casper the Friendly Ghost. I can see that. Oh. I thought that was important to throw in there. I'm not sure why, but if someone else tells you that you're like a character, I think that should count for something, probably. Yeah. 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 Worth noting. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing this pro. Thanks for letting us probe you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for. Do you have anything? Do you have anything you want to plug? I I'll I have something to plug. Um, Mm -hmm. I am going on tour in January to February with Uh, a band called Retirement Party. No, 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 no. And then someone else. No, um, no, no. (laughs) Named Chris Barron. So there we go. Yeah. If you would like to come see me play drums first and then Uh stand behind someone else's merch table for the rest of the night, go check out the Instagram, go check out the Twitter, find us in a city near you, come say hi. Also, if anyone knows Harry Styles, please hit me up. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Hell yeah. Have fun on the rest of your tour. Thanks. Thanks right. for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Bye. Are we hanging up on FaceTime? Let's get into the astrology. So what does it all mean? Mm-hmm. The themes of each house loosely correlate with each of the 12 signs in order. The first sign in the zodiac is Aries. Okay. So therefore, it shares themes with the first house. The second sign in the zodiac, Taurus, shares themes with the second house all the way up through Pisces, which associates with the 12th house. So this is just like in general. This isn't a specific chart. This is just the general associations of the houses. This order of things represents the stage 
that the planets will act on. But your specific house rulers, as determined by what was rising in the east when you were born, as we just talked about, so first house energy is associated with Aries energy, but your first house is ruled by Capricorn. So this your first house will be a stage, kind of like the structural stage of Aries stuff, like the body and energy and uh, how you present and how you assert yourself. But it'll be in a Capricornian way because Capricorn is ruling that stage. Does that make sense? Yes. The first six houses, so the bottom six here, because we start at nine o'clock going all the way around to three o'clock. Okay. Bottom half of the chart are the personal houses, meaning they relate to who we are personally. And the last six houses, so the top six on the chart, are the collective houses, meaning they're the arenas of life outside of our own personal lives, such as our partners, our jobs, our friends, groups of people, and death. Things that aren't directly us and our in our insides and our personal little world we've created. It's the top six houses are where we integrate mm -hmm. our own life with others. All right, so now let's talk about the meanings of the houses. The first house aka the house that touches the rising sign, nine o'clock position, is how we carry ourselves in the world, how we experience new things, and identity. Okay, I believe you. The second house. Wait, that's it? Yeah, I just All right, real quick, uh, how, what, first house. Let's sing at my first house. I don't even know. Maybe it was my grandparents' house in, in Livonia, Michigan. Had two stories, uh, a kitchen, living room, couple bedrooms and one time I watched a dog throw up there and it looked like cream cheese with chives. Ew, what? Like it was probably grass. My mouth is like watering in like a nausea way right now thinking about oh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, second house. Second house. Describe it to me. Resources, money, value, worth, safety, possessions. That's the second house? Mm-hmm. Uh, second house that I could think of I live with my mom and like uh, like a stepdad maybe and uh, I feel like I uh, the first house I remember where there were like shadows on the wall that I was scared of thank you I can relate that still happens to me yeah also side note uh, so in the first house that uh, how we're carrying ourselves in the world and experiencing new things in our identity these are all things that we can loosely tie to Aries so uh, I I highlight this so that it'll help you to remember the 12 houses and what they mean. Because if you can remember things about Aries, you'll have an idea of what the first house kind of has to do with. And then the second house, Taurus, uh, which we know is an earth sign that's about tangible things and uh, comfort and survival. Uh, and they and so that's tied to what we just listed. Resources, money, value, worth, possessions, uh, money, th that kind of stuff. The third house, so we, we can loosely tie this to Gemini. So the third house indicates arenas in our life where we communicate, learning and education, uh, the mind slash left brain function, so like reason and logic, knowledge, immediate environment, and siblings. Third house that I can remember, it was in, also in Livonia, Michigan. Uh, oh, there was like shag carpeting. Uh, and I also remember that I had I had grown strong enough to climb out of my crib. You remember crawling out of your crib? I do. Holy Only shit. one time. It just it's like it's it's just like a memory I have of me crawling out of my crib. I mean I I you know, I was strong enough to do it, so maybe it was time for me not to be in a crib anymore. Who knows? And it pooped 
for the first time in a toilet without any, you know, like whatever. <laughs> and I got a Ghostbusters house as a reward. Potty training, baby. You got what? Uh, Ghostbusters, back when they were men, they had these um, <laughs> action figures and they're one of the things that came with, you know, a, a more expensive tier of action figure was like their like headquarters that you could buy. It was very cool. Like a little house to put your action figures That's in? That's right. So you got that because you pooped by yourself. That's right. One of my greatest achievements to date. Going back to the first part of what you just said about being able to remember crawling out of your crib and like processing that and that logic kind of like like formulating and consolidating in your little baby brain, you have Mercury in the third house and Mercury is about logic and processing and um, understanding capabilities. So you have Mercury rules Gemini mm-hmm. and it's the third sign in the Zodiac. We're looking at the third house. This is all just very kind of like synonymous energy. So having Mercury in your third house gives kind of like uh, an intellectual or mental awareness. So I feel like being able to remember crawling out of your crib feels like a Mercury in the third house kind of deal. Thank you. Fourth house is tied to cancer. So fourth house represents family, early childhood environment, the idea of home, inheritance, and the parents. Fourth house is the one that I can remember the most of. I think we lived there the longest. I, and who knows if there were other houses in between, but who cares? Um, in Livonia, Michigan. Uh, had many a birthday party there. I remember uh, one time I was climbing on m- uh, my like clothes drawer and it fell on me. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it was pretty intense. Um, Would you say that, like, your childhood and the idea of home, like, was particularly significant for you in life? And maybe this isn't what you mean, but I've never felt, like, particularly attached to any, like, place I've ever lived. Mm -hmm. Like, definitely never have felt attached to any city I've ever lived, but, like, especially not, like, a specific zone. Like, my domicile but actually the most i've ever felt like that is the place that my beautiful wife cassandra and i live in now that's so funny you should bring up cassie because having a significant planet in the fourth house can indicate either an importance of the home growing up or the childhood environment or it can signify uh, a significant relationship to a parent and from what i know about you your mom you were kind of raised by a single mom right yes and so your mom was like a significant force in your life yes and you have the son in the fourth house which is like the house your son is in is always going to be massively important for some reason or another and in this case the fourth house being a a parent or the home the son there would indicate a significant relationship to one or the other most likely and so um in this case i think it would be safe to say that your relationship to your mother is indicated by the son in the fourth okay fifth house is there something in the fourth house that says your mom and your wife will have the same son? No, that's fake. <laughs> that's not real. Okay. Right, so it's funny that I saw the son and thought your mom and you saw the son and thought your wife. No, no, that's it's actually so weird fake. how that works. That's fake. This is f- actually astrology's fake, and this will be my last episode on the <laughs> podcast. But also the fourth house can represent, um, you're going to hate this, Chris, but the fourth house can also represent the home that you want to build and have with your own partner and your own life or, or lack of partner, whatever you see is kind of like, an ideal home environment and what you're trying to have for yourself. 
um, having the sun there would mean that that's something that's important to you today still. And uh, in in psycho in the world of psychology, often, especially for men, their significant others like have some kind of like lineage back to the mother. Fake. Um, but I don't mean that in a gross way. It's like a totally natural like psychological mm -hmm. inclination. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Especially when your mom and your wife are as hot as yours no, are. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, fifth house. Uh, the fifth house tied to Leo means we are related to creative expression, where we stand out in life, recreation and hobbies, romance, sexual expression, children, and youthfulness. My fifth house, of course, was um, the condo I lived in with my mother and grandparents. Condo makes it sound small, but it was actually kind of big. It was just a house, basically, but it was part of a condo association. Um <laughs> Jesus. What can I say? Wait, what do you want from me? Um and we lived there. I lived there from the age of seven to eighteen. And it was a great place where of course I, you know, uh, famously cummed in the pool for the first time. <laughs> a story we love at the pod. That's right. I set action figures on fire in the backyard. I melted them all together. Oh my God, you're like Sid from Toy Story. That's right. That's Did me. Sid come in the pool too? Yeah. That's the point of the deleted scenes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. It was me and it was a baby's head with a spider body and that was my best friend growing up. Oh, and also an important note about the fifth house. I said it's about romance and sexual expression. That's... Uh, tied to like leo and a fire energy it's not tied to long-term relationships or marriage or uh, significant others it's just tied to romance and sexual expression just a notable thing because uh romance and sexual expression are personal aspects of ourselves whereas uh partnership and marriage which will be as we'll get to tied to the seventh house which is in the top half of the astrological chart which is things outside of ourselves such as a significant other who is not us but is someone who's in our life will be in the top half of the chart there so yeah fifth house is more fun people often say in astrology that the fifth house is where we play and saying it saying that can actually describe everything i just listed about it creative expression recreation and hobbies romance sexual expression youthfulness and children how we play with children how we um express ourselves through hobbies um and, and general expression, just where things are really, truly fun for us. Okay, oh, yeah. sixth house. Sixth house, uh, the sixth sign is Virgo. So they've got similar energies here. The body, health, work, service, menial day-to-day -day tasks, coworkers, and pets. The sixth house. Okay, this isn't a house I lived in, but it was like kind of bridged the gap between the, ne the next one. My, my friend Casey's parents' house, we called it the Heavy Metal Mansion. There were no rules. We would jump off the roof into the pool. It was very cool. Huge backyard. Everybody yeah. has that friend where, like, you go to their house and you know that you can do whatever the you fuck you want. You can smoke at a ganja. Their mom is like, you guys want a Coors Light, but yeah, just one. That's right. Yeah, we were drinking. We were smoking. I threw up in the uh, in the friggin' uh, sink. Oh, my God. <laughs> One time I got too high. And I threw up in the sink. Oh, it wasn't even from drinking? It was from smoking weed? I mean, I definitely got too drunk from drinking. Got too sick. Got too drunk. Yes, I got too drunk from drinking and I threw up. Uh, and also one time I smoked too much weed and I threw up, which is 
there's nothing worse. I mean, I'm sure there is, but that's one of the worst <laughs> things. So now we're we're approaching an angle. It's a, the line that's at the three o'clock position, the descendant. So on that descendant, this is a fun little tidbit. At the three o'clock position, the sign that's on that line indicates the kind of people that we attract to us. Uh-huh. We kind of have like a friend of mine once put it as we have an antenna that's just like picking up the signal of this kind of person. And it often is uh, who we attract to romantically not always but it could be you have a lot of friends that are this sign but it also could be partners yours is the sign of cancer okay mine is the sign of gemini and i can definitely say my three of my best friends are gemini and have also like dated gemini's a lot so also this sign on the descendant on the three o'clock position line it's not just the sign we attract it's also like the energies of that sign for example chris you have Cancer on your descendant, which means that you would be attracting people who are who either have a lot of cancer placements or a lot of planets in the fourth house, a lot of fourth house energy or um, people like Jenny Jenny, or the planet that rules cancer, which is the moon. So people with the moon would be with a strong moon placements or energies would also uh, attract to you. And you have the moon in the first house on the ascendant, which is we've learned the rising sign in the ascendant are, is a lot of energy we put out into the world. So you're putting out a lot of lunar energy and also kind of magnetizing it to you. Beautiful. So we're on the seventh house now, and the seventh house is associated with the seventh sign, which is Libra. And uh, because of that, Libra is, or the seventh house is associated with marriage, love, relationships, partnerships of any kind, like business partnerships, etc. Who are attracted to? Uh, seventh house was a place that I lived in with my band, my old band. We would rock out there. We wrote a bunch of our records, and it was friggin' Lord of the Flies. <laughs> you know, we Uh-oh. we were running around. We were doing it all. We had parties and would sometimes rent dunk tanks. You can rent dunk tanks? What do you think? Of course you can. <laughs> you think you have to buy a dunk tank to have oh one? Oh my God. We rent dunk tank. Eighth house. Eighth house. The eighth house is tied to the eighth sign of Scorpio. And the eighth house represents financial partnerships of any kind. Other people's money. So not your money in the second house, but other people's money is in the eighth house. Sexual nature. Passions. The need for power and control. Divorce. And death. Speaking of sexual nature, one time I had a wet dream. <laughs> that, is, that Jennifer, don't shame him for his wet dream. I'm sorry. I thought we were sex positive. Yeah, we're sex posy. I had a dream where I fucked a pile of sticks. <laughs> and in real life, I woke up and I had cummed. <laughs> I had a dream. Was it a hot pile of sticks? No, it was just like a bushel of sticks dry in the wood in the woods that's the most earth triple earth sign thing i've ever heard someone fucking a bunch of sticks genuinely woke up and i had in real life cummed so sexual nature (laughs) um psychological astrology really opens a lot of doors um, for learning about your friends no 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 and you've looked that up on pornhub ever since Twig, coming on twigs. <laughs> okay, so the ninth house tied to the ninth sign of Sagittarius represents philosophy, religion, a sense of purpose, the intuitive mind, long journeys, and higher education. So the third house, which is opposite on the wheel as the ninth house, 
The third house represents education and short journeys and opposite it in the ninth house, we've got higher education, such as like college or like intensive studies with long journeys. So it's similar energies. And that's something you'll learn about all of the opposites on the wheel in terms of signs or in the houses. The opposites will always share something, but be a little bit different. Like we also just learned a second ago in the second house, it's all of our money and possessions. And in the eighth house, it's other people's money. So yeah, ninth house brings us to philosophy, religion, sense of purpose, intuitive mind, long journeys, and higher education. And my ninth house was a house that I lived in up until I moved away from Florida. And, you know, I proposed to my beautiful wife there. <gasps> and she said yes on Christmas Day, 2000. And the first time Cassie and I ever, you know, fucked <laughs> was uh, also on Christmas. Really? Right after I proposed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> many years before that. Wow, how special. Christmas means a lot to you. It's your birthday. It's Christmas, the first time you <laughs> fucked your wives when you got engaged. Yeah. So now we're at the 10th house, which is related to the 10th house or the 10th sign in the zodiac, which is Capricorn. And 10th house energy. Uh, the 10th house shows us how we want to be seen by the public. Ambition, the approach to career, the parents, and authority figures. So like I just said about opposites, the fourth house represents a significant parent and the 10th house represents a significant parent. And uh, you'll there's no surefire way to say if it's a mom or a dad or like in my case, I have two moms. So there's no what? like four, technically I have four moms, but what the there's, hell? there's no surefire way to calculate what two women. Uh. So, yeah, the way that we really look at parents in the natal chart is the fourth house and the 10th house or Saturn, which is said to to represent the father and yeah, and the moon, which is said to represent the mother. Um, but but really that it comes you, you would need kind of like a lot of knowledge about astrology. We're reading from someone to be able to decipher which parent we attribute to which planet or to which house, because it varies for everybody based on your own home situation. Everybody's got a different, you know, parent situation and upbringing. Um, but uh, for all intents and purposes, the 10th house can be tied to the parents as well and general authority figures 10th house for me of course moved to big freaking city la jenny you were you went there it was nice it was a beautiful apartment it was a beautiful apartment we made it we made it nice we made it well it's worth noting that um the second house can which is what we value how we spend our money and our possessions ties to the house we live in just like the fourth house which is the home environment you have your sun in the fourth house and the sun is the most important planet in a chart mm -hmm. so we all know our sun sign first so the home environment is important to you and then in the second house which is attributed to decorating you have jupiter which we learned is a very expansive and benefic planet um that shows things that we put a lot of value in and really care about and have a lot of positive energy to bring so your chart i think would signify that uh that you're you've got a taste for designing that's right i have a taste for design what can i say okay 11th house tied to the 11th sign of aquarius and it represents groups that we gravitate to political groups humanitarianism how we behave in groups mm -hmm. the kinds of friends we attract to oh my god hopes goals and wishes 11th house of course where i live now cool this house that i've ever lived in i think big back porch you, got, you have a great spot. Great spot. Okay, 12th house, which we tied to the 12th and final sign of the Zodiac, which is Pisces. And the 12th house, we look out for how we escape from our identity, such as through love of another religion or substances, how we help people, and the subconscious. 12th house, 
that is a house that I have not lived in yet, but it is my future home, my dream home. It is not quite a mansion. You wouldn't say it's a mansion, but you wouldn't say that it's not a mansion. It's in the friggin' Hollywood Hills or whatever. <laughs> and we have a big bedroom with a friggin' California queen, extra long. Um, California, California queen's extra long. Interesting. Yeah, I invented it. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I don't want to be so far away from my wife in this king bed. King bed's too big. Too big. If you have a king bed, you're freaking bad and i scold you because it's too big and you're too far away from your partner unless you have oh. three people in it then wow then there's a different story well we did it we got through all 12 houses so um yeah i feel like we've we've gone through some examples of chris's chart that's um, right how houses can matter to us and re reflect the arenas of life that are planets are hanging out in every house i've ever lived in let's uh do some freaking advice time for advice this one is from an unnamed person and it's the great guitar virtuoso eric clapton cancer sun scorpio rising virgo moon white blues legend eric clapton writes a few months ago i finally gathered every bit of courage i had and admitted feelings for someone a virgo sun because I was so sure that they would be reciprocated, but they shot me down, but wanted to still remain friends. It was fine at first, but as time passed, I felt the shift in our dynamic and kind of realized this was hurting me, but the more I tried to push them away, the more it hurt me. So now I don't know what to do because I can feel them losing interest in having any type of relationship with me, but if I try leaving them alone, they just pop right back up and start talking to me again like nothing happened. I guess what I want to know is how do you let go of someone who's destroyed you emotionally and completely messed with your ability to trust anyone ever again when they keep you on a loose leash just in case they decide you're worth their time? I still have feelings for them and always will, but I can't keep this up. Honey, Eric Clapton. I think you might be projecting a little bit. Yeah, you are, sweetie. Uh, I respect your emotions, but you also just got to hear it from your dearest friends here, me and Chris and Jenny, that uh, people don't destroy people emotionally. Like there's, if you're destroyed emotionally, it's because of some projection that you have going on. And, you know, people do things that hurt us, but it's, you're responsible for your own, your own life basically and your own um, emotional responses. And uh, this, I mean, this sucks. We all know what it feels like when you want to be with someone and you think they're down to and you say it and then it doesn't go how you wanted. And you're just like, oh, fuck. Like, that's a pain that hurts. But the way you got to channel that is not, you got to think of it differently. Otherwise, you're just going to be sitting on this pain for a while. I think you should, you should just be straight up honest with this person and say, hey, I'm going to need to cool it on our friendship for a while because I'm just having a lot of trouble with um, my emotions and, and feeling different ways. And I hope we can be friends in the future, but I just need some time away. And I just, you know, I, I love you and I respect you. And I, I just want to um, give myself the space to get back to that point where that is un feels normal. Yeah, it's, I mean, even after what I've just said, 
it does not gonna it's not gonna change how much it hurts. So like Chris said, I think you can still respect your own feelings without um, making someone else feel, you know, guilty about it. So yeah, just take take all the space you need to feel better. You don't have to have this person in your life if it doesn't make you feel good, um, but don't take it out on them. Yeah. Next question. It's from BB, the great BB King. <laughs> wow, so many blues legends writing in. I know. Capricorn Sun, Taurus Moon, and Aquarius Rising writes, My significant other's sun sign is Cancer. I recently have been getting into astrology, so I haven't even started on trying to decode their chart. Hard enough understanding mine. What would your advice be, based on our signs, on how I could make them feel more loved and appreciated? Okay, well... You need to know way more than someone's sun sign to know how to make them feel loved and appreciated. But if we're going to just give some like general info here based on your sun signs, you have a Capricorn sun. So uh, making someone feel loved and appreciated may be um, like more of a challenge for you than for someone with a different sun sign. And someone with a cancer sign really needs to feel loved and appreciated. That's really important to them. It's a water sign. It's emotional. It has a lot. It puts a lot of stock in its romantic relationships. So, um, I mean, you want to try to figure out you want to look at their chart and look at their Venus and that sign and know what they value. But uh, ultimately, like cancer Cancer wants to feel loved and seen and appreciated. So that's a good place to start. Any way that your daily life can inf- can intersect with theirs in a way where you're thanking them for things, acknowledging the little things they do for you and making them feel special in whatever ways you feel like they would like that. Wonderful. And third, we have a message from Elwood Blues, one of the Blues Brothers. <laughs> Sun sun in Aries, moon, and rising are in Scorpio. I'm H for the V. She's H for the D. But she's also H for my co-worker's V. Wait, uh, so Elwood is saying, I'm H for the V. Yeah. She's H for the D. Yeah. The but other person. she's also H for my co-worker's V. Okay, so this is someone... I think this is someone in a relationship. Let's let me write read the whole question and then we can as- okay. try to figure this out. I told her I don't feel comfortable with this menage a trois, especially with my coworker, but she keeps asking me to ask my coworker, who I think oddly would kind of be into it. Nice. Should I lie and say she's not interested or step out of my comfort zone for once and ask my coworker? What would you do, Chris? I know you would probably lie. So Jess, what the fuck is that? Elwood Blue? <laughs> I'm a liar now? How? Why would I lie? Huh? He just gave us some deep honesty about how he had a wet dream about some sticks. Yeah, so. that's not a lie. Does that sound like a liar to you? <laughs> Are they saying that you were not born that's hot? Fake. That's not. Definitely that fake. can't be real. Um, so I'll take this. Wait, I would, oh, I would lie. How dare you? Okay, so to recap, this person is in a relationship with someone who wants to have a threesome with, with someone they work with. That that the writer works with, the person who submitted the question Elwood. works with. Okay. Blues. I mean, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. The, okay, yeah. here's the thing about threesomes: is there? Never go back. You can never go back. They're very like sensitive. If it is not perfectly curated. It's going to be so awkward and like it's going to ruin your idea of threesomes. Like you have to like curate that 
And if you're not feeling it with this third person, do not do it. Everyone has to feel really good about a threesome going into it. Otherwise, it's going to fail. That's just like facts. Yeah. Or I guess, I'm assuming. You don't have to lie, though. Tell your partner. like, Be like, I'm not against a threesome, but this isn't the person for me. And if they can't respect that, don't fuck them. Yeah. I agree. You just have to really be clear that this is actually a boundary and not like a like, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you're cured. Uh, rate and review us. Please rate and review us. And we have a beautiful review from Danielle SSSSS. Danielle SSSS. Daniel Daniel SS. I get it. Wait, did we already do this one? That sounds familiar. Are <sighs> you saying that? I don't think so. Astrology for all kinds. A rare podcast that feels fully formed and very funny off the bat. Chris's birthday is the day before mine. Our sun and moon signs are the same, and we have similar attitudes toward astrology. Therefore, it's a vicarious thrill to hear Jess's wonderfully researched explanations and expert opinions. Nice. Wow, that felt special for all of us. Except producer Jenny. She wasn't mentioned. Wow. Write into us at our website, astroblasting.com, or at our email, astroblasting at gmail.com, so we can give you some advice. And you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at astroblasting on both of those things. And we also have a new Sagittarius playlist that is up on Spotify and Apple Music. You can get those links at our website under the Astro Jams section. And uh, producer Jenny has had an EP out called Night Shift for a couple weeks now at this point. Go check that hot shit out. It rocks. I listened to it the other day. It's very good. It's really special. It's very beautiful. As well as Chris's album, Born Hot. Born Hot. It's been out for, I'm sure you know, to the day at this point. It's December 3rd. So it's been out for months. At least a couple months. Two months. What are the odds that the person who made the best album of 2019 Uh and the person who made the best EP of 2019 would be involved in the same podcast? So they're asking here, what are the chances that a Capricorn rising in moon who made the best album of the year and a Leo rising who made the best EP of the year would be on the same podcast? Yeah. Mercury's rising. <laughs> rumbling. Um, Speaking of two people who are jerking off onto their own faces on the cover of their own albums, I'm H for the D. To the stars and back. And now I'm going to kill you. Call back to the beginning of the episode. <laughs>